What's up, everybody? Welcome to Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. The host with the most, baby. <laughs> All right, let's get a couple house ah, let's get a couple housekeeping things out of the way. First, if you are listening, you may not be subscribed. Go back, hit that subscribe button. I really appreciate that. Also, if you're getting value out of the podcast, do me a favor, leave a rating, leave a review. It really, really helps. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate all the ones that have done it. And uh, if you have not done it, please do that. Also, if you are getting value out of these conversations, go tell a friend, man. Go tell a family member. Go share this. Let's go change some perspectives and help others see the world just a little bit differently. All right. Now, also speaking about a little bit of a different perspective, go check out my buddy's podcast, the Why Not Podcast with Justin Bricker. He's sitting down with some amazing humans. He's having some awesome conversations. By far one of my favorite podcasts to listen to, and um, I think you guys will enjoy it as well. So go check out the Why Not Podcast with Justin Bricker. Now, this episode is brought to you by my friends over at Jumbo Superfoods. Jumbo Superfoods. You can go check out all their products at jumbocbd.com. Now, if you are in California, which I know a number of my listeners are, you can actually check out their THC line. Go and uh, check out one of your local dispensaries and see if they carry that. If they don't carry it, please ask for it. Also, same thing with the CBD stuff. If they don't carry that, please ask for it. Now, for the rest of us, we can go to jumbocbd.com and we can check out there are uh, CBD products there. Now, what is CBD? It is cannabidol. It is one of the many compounds found in the cannabis plant. It has been shown to have a ton of medicinal benefits. It's an adaptogen, so it's constantly, you know, the body is constantly trying to reach homeostasis. And as an adaptogen, it helps the body do that. It helps bring the body back to baseline. People are having relief with sleeping. I take it before bed. It helps me sleep. I've noticed it helps with just my overall recovery, with my cognitive function. It helps with my brain. It can help with anxiety and depression and different mood regulation things. It's been shown to help with a whole host of things. And, uh, man, one of my favorite products from Jumbo is the Muscle Bomb. Also, the CBD spray. I love the cinnamon spray. I love putting that in my coffee. I put it in my kids' oatmeal. And, uh, man... It's, it's, it's been game-changing just, you know, adding this to just my daily protocol, whether before bed or in the morning. Um, I think you guys will get a lot of benefits as well. So go check them out. They're using all high-quality premium ingredients. When it comes to CBD, sourcing is everything. You have to make sure that you are using the best. And let me tell you, these guys are the best. They make sure that everything is tested by a third-party lab, and you can view those results online so you know exactly what it is you are getting. The things that we put in our body, the things that we put on our body are very important. You should take note what it is you are using. So, jumbocbd.com, check out their full line of products. Use the code OUTSIDE at checkout and you will save 20% off the entire order. Again, jumbocbd.com, cbd.com. Use the code OUTSIDE at checkout and you will save 20%. We made it, guys. All right, here we go. My guest today is EJ 
Brooks. Man, I have known EJ for a long time. And it's funny, man. You know, I think about it. He and I are, are a couple of, you know, the originals. Um, well, I'm not the original original, but one of the first group of fighters. Yeah, one of the original groups. Yeah, we're the originals. The original group of fighters out of St. Charles MMA. So I've known EJ for a fucking decade. And, uh, man, he's a savage. He was a high-level wrestler. Um, he's still fighting. He, uh, you know, it, it blows me away when I think about the, you know, the commitment he's made to to fight at the level that he's fighting at. And he's now a head coach um, at a high school in southern Illinois, you know, Cahokia High School. He was, you know, the, an assistant coach at the Granite City High School for a number of years, and now he's the head coach of a program. And, you know, he's given all that he has to these kids, and he's still a high-level fighter, you know, traveling around the world competing. And he's been competing at a high level for a really long time. So um, it was a blast just, you know, sit down, you know, with, you know, with the homie and, uh, talk about wrestling, you know, talk about fighting. Um, you know, he's been there, you know, through the grind. He's he he's seen the the sport evolve, you know, he's been evolving with it. And uh yeah, man, EJ is just a hell of a guy. So really enjoyed talking to him and uh it, it was a fun conversation. So here we go guys, without any further ado, EJ Brooks. All right, EJ Brooks, the pretty boy. <laughs> you still ca- you catch any shit for that? Man, always. <laughs> Actually, I rarely got uh, somebody say something to me today. One of the janitors at the school, well, security guards at the school, said something. What's up, pretty boy? It's <laughs> like, all right, man. Is that one of those things where you wish you had had a little bit more foresight, like as you get older, that you don't maybe want to be called the pretty boy? <laughs> like you thought it was cool? No. You still I- like it? It's all right. I mean, <laughs> basically, the way I look at it is people acknowledging my fight career and yeah. who I am outside of, like, normal EJ Brooks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just, I'm kind of shy about that. It's crazy that was that sounds. You know, like, EJ shy and humble. Like Yeah. Yeah, like, when people acknowledge me, like, hey, man, you're not just, not, like, necessarily you're a big deal, but, like, you're not just a normal person. Like, you've accomplished some stuff. And yeah. like that. When people give me acknowledgement, and in a positive way, you know, I'm just kind of like, ah, man, thanks, you know. Yeah, it's really hard. This, it, I mean, it is kind of weird. Like, how do you take that, um, that acknowledgement or that praise, if you will? Um, I remember, man, back in the day, you used to say like, you used to not even tell people that you were a fighter. Oh yeah, definitely wouldn't. <laughs> definitely wouldn't. But that that was more of like, well, if it was a girl, and I liked her, I didn't want her like liking me because. I was a fighter, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then a lot of times, you know, back when we came up, yeah. everybody thought, oh, I can do UFC. So if they thought you were a fighter, they just tried to try you. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I got time for that. That was an interesting time, too. This is whenever, like, if you're a UFC fighter, like, that was actually a really big deal because there was very few of them. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost impossible to get in. Yeah. yeah. Now, basically, all you got to do is win, like, five in a row. You can get a call, you know, because it's – it's easier to get in and it's easier to get cut now. Yeah. You know, like basically when when we were coming up, it was hard, especially for me, because of my 
notoriety with notoriety with wrestling. Yeah. It was hard to get a pro fight. I couldn't get a fight for nothing. I don't know if you remember that. I remember. It was really hard for you to get a fight in the area. Man. I think Jim Jenkins maybe got you a fight. Yeah, and then my opponent backed out the day of weigh-ins. Oh, for real? You know, a lot of people don't know that. <laughs> I and didn't then, know that. And then they literally, the guy I fought that night was coming as a warm-up partner for his teammate. Oh, shit. So he made his pro debut against me because they were like, yo, we'll pay you 500 if you step in and fight this guy. Oh, man. And then his coach was like, he know he ain't going to win because you not mess him up. So I just took him down and submitted him. Oh, you're such a nice guy. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he saved the show. I sold more than half of the tickets. Oh, for real? I, I sold hundreds. Mm. Like, I know I went back to Jim Jenkins three times for tickets. Oh, see, I didn't know who Jim was at this time. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I know, uh, like, you were fighting on his card, and then I think Rice House at the time maybe got a fight on one of his cards, the same with Sampo, yeah. uh, I think maybe even Alp. So I wasn't even really sure who he was. I just know that, you know, a lot of people are, you know, fought on his card. Yep, Bobby. Yeah, Bobby Russell. Yep. Living in Australia now, down under, mate. Yeah. <laughs> could yeah, you live down there? Uh, actually, I could. Uh, we, like you know, I just fought there. Did yeah, you did just fight there? Yeah, and Bobby came. Bobby oh, drove yeah. down to my fight. It was That's pretty so cool, man. Yeah. Um, it was on. It was pretty cool down there. Man, you there's know? just so much shit that can kill you, though. Well, depending on where you living, yeah. and I was in the city. I guess I wasn't out in the jungle, but uh, yes, I could live in the city. The people are interesting. I'll say that. How's that? Man, um, super friendly. Um, I kind of had a feeling they were kind of strange down there. But the confirmation I got was uh, me and Kirk were walking the street looking for, like, a gas station to get some, like, fruit or something because we couldn't find a convenience store. So, like, all right, I got to have a gas station. Go have some random apples and oranges and stuff like that. Uh, we see this sign and it says, "No sex with koalas." <laughs> then, and then, and then in fine print, it says there has been a chlamydia outbreak due to sexual contact with koalas. And I'm just in here like, how messed up is it around here that you gotta let people know? Don't go out there and bang koala first. Dude, what? <laughs> I'm what, not kidding. What these, what, what's going on? I don't know, man. No, it only takes one to ruin it. Yeah. Well, is that any different than like in Louisiana where like bestiality is still legal? Is it still legal? I could be making I that think up, it is. But it I, was I just, for a really long time. I just time. randomly <laughs> looked that up because I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday about this guy who uh, was from a village in Ecuador. I'm not even going to say his name. Uh because he's a pretty well-known fighter, he was like, yeah, um, in my country, when you turn 13, they give you a goat. And I was like, all right, they give you a goat. Right, goat, yeah. You, you milk it, you, you raise cheese. it. And he was like, no, no, you you, you get the goat. And I'm like, all right, you get the goat. <laughs> <laughs> like, what you trying to tell me, man? <laughs> yeah, you, I guess they lose their virginity to goats. At 13? At 13. Like, it's a rite of passage or whatever. At that particular village in Ecuador? Yeah. Holy shit, man. And apparently, he said that they they lose their virginity to the goat, and then when their wife is pregnant, 
for them not to step out on their wife, they're supposed to use a goat. Because even relieving yourself is frowned upon. What? Man, I wanted to say he was lying, but one, who would make that up? And two, why would you just tell somebody? So I knew he wasn't lying. (laughs) He he was looking at me like, you never had goat? Dude, I mean, not in that regard. No animal ever. like, shoot. Yeah, I'm not into that. Every time I saw him, all I heard was, (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't even look at the dude. Dude, that's funny. People are weird. People are really weird. There are a lot of strange uh, rituals and shit around the world in these different tribes. It's crazy stuff. I couldn't do one of them. What's the craziest shit you've encountered with, with your travels? Ooh. Um, hmm. Craziest traveling. Uh. Or something that just stuck out to you. Uh, okay, I was in Argentina a few years ago. Way down bottom of South America. And the um the people I was there with, you know, in my hotel, they was like don't don't go out late at night. You might get robbed. And I was like, all right. No brainer. He's like, yeah, the kids around her are bad. I said, the kids? <laughs> they was like, yeah. And they was like, yeah. You'll get jumped by a group of 12-year-olds. They'll stab you and cut you and this and that. They hang out at this club over here. I was like, they just hang around a club? And they was like, oh, no, it's a club for kids. I was like, they have clubs for kids? Like, forget the fact that they're going to rob me. I've seen that in the hood but you actually have nightclubs for kids not teenagers kids and they was like yeah and then I saw it because I got hungry and I walked late and sure enough there are a bunch of like 11 12 year old kids in line for this nightclub oh shit yeah in the middle of the night in the middle of the night like they're adults (laughs) dude it was crazy (laughs) I was like wow who's with me people are strange you said this was in where in Argentina Argentina Argentina, my bad Argentina Wow. Buenos, I was right outside of Buenos Aires. Mm. Man, South America is a strange place. I want to go. Yeah. I'll fit right in. Go to the right place. Because I'll probably never go there again. You never go back? Nah. Damn. So uh, fighting's taking you all over the world as of late. Yeah, I've been lucky. Uh, Australia, Italy. uh, I was about to fight in Sweden before that car got uh, canceled. I was so pissed. I was looking forward to that. Was that right before wrestling season? It was. It would have been in. I want to say August or September. It's been so long. I th- okay. I think it was late August. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you training for that fight. Yeah. Coach Brooks. Yeah. Is that is it hard to like balance that with with like the travel and stuff with fighting right now? Because what what which fighting promotion are you with now? I'm with ACA now. It was ACB, but they uh, fired a bunch of people because of whatever was going on with them canceling shows. Okay. Somebody messed up in the front office, so they, I think, fired a bunch of people. And then the people taking over it now named it ACA instead of ACB. Um, But, yeah, I'm with them. And, uh... Actually, we working on a fight right now. Yeah, so they've—I mean—they've been sending you quite. A, you know, like that was the fight in uh, in Australia, right? And mm-hmm. that was the fight in, in, Italy. in Italy, right? So, is uh is is most of the fights that you probably get with them like gonna be like overseas? Yeah, yeah. Yep. How how was it like balancing that 
and and coaching because I mean for the folks listening, you're the head coach of the Cahokia Comanches. Uh, Comanches, the wrestling program there in, in Southern Illinois, and fucking you guys are killers, like a really good program, and that takes a lot of time. Yeah, it does. Um, <clears throat> for a while, I was at Granite City as an assistant. Right. And you've been coaching for some time now. Yeah, I've been coaching for a while. I've been coaching since fall of 2009 um but it's my first year as a head coach you know the the balancing act has kind of been the same there's a little more responsibility yeah like i literally have a season it's if i don't fight by october i'm done because wrestling season starts in november yeah you know and it's it's the the goal is to work out as much as possible stay in some kind of shape if possible and give these kids a hundred percent of what I got, my time, energy, and my focus, you know, on helping them be the best wrestler they can be. Because if I don't do that, I'm not, I'm selling them short, you know. Um, so every wrestling season, I kind of shut it down, work out when I can, um, commit to the wrestlers, and then when season is over, it's like, okay, now I'm the main priority. Like, mm-hmm. I don't forget about my kids, but it's like, hey, I got to get in shape ASAP so I can take a fight by April or May and be ready <clears throat> as soon as something calls. Because more than likely, whatever fight I was going to get was going to be short notice. Yeah. You know, it was rare that I was going to get a fight camp. <clears throat> now it's pretty much the same thing. And I just have to be more professional about it to the sense where, like, okay, her, I'm not just training now. What am I doing for my kids in the off season? How am I going to get them better? You know, what am I going to do for them? So now I've laid out, I literally just finished this today, which is so funny, Mm -hmm. laid out my off-season schedule. Okay. Like, so my kids know, like, hey, Coach Brooks is training these days. I'm doing this. These days, hey, we're getting an open workout. These days, we're going to travel to go train with this team. These days, we're going out of town for this tournament, this camp, and this and that. Boom, 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 boom. These are the dates. Everything else you do on your own if you – if you want to go somewhere, ask me, should you go to this? You know, do I want you training with this team? Stuff like that. And the good thing is my kids aren't, like, super um, on me about what we're doing because the old coach did no off-season stuff. Oh, really? They're not even used to this. Oh. Like, they're used to, like, seasons over in February. See you next year. Yeah, see you in November. Oh, like, man. I did the first preseason they ever had. Like, this wow. was the first time they even did any kind of preseason work. No and summer just, camps or anything? Nothing. Damn. Like, you know, so they're just excited. Hey, we're doing something. Yeah. You know, and that's good. Man, and you had a really successful year in that, you know, your 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 first uh, season as a head coach, uh, you had two state placers mm-hmm. in, in Illinois, which there's only two classes, right, in Illinois? There's three. There's three, three now? Yeah. Okay. And it, that's really hard to do, and um, one of them – Took what went D one, yeah he's going D one yeah. yeah yeah he won it he he won state undefeated, uh he signed early he signed before he even won the title, which was great and he saw that I was right about telling him to do that, um, you know um people really don't understand that, you know scholarships come and go, you know you can be the man one day, and then the next day you're kind of nobody. You know, like, people only remember what you've done lately. Yeah. You could win three straight titles in a row. You lose your senior year, 
It's like it never even happened. It's like it never happened. Seriously, like the guy who beat you could take second three years in a row. He beat you y'all senior year. He's the man. Yeah. He's on top. Oh, yeah. You know, so my kid, you know, last year he took second to state, but then he went to high school nationals and he took second. You know, um, he went to uh, Virginia Beach duels and he cleaned house. So he was on the national radar. I think he was ranked top 10 right off the bat. And all these schools were like, hey, we want him. We want to talk to him, this and that. And I said, look, dude, you need to sign early. And he was like, well, I want to weigh my options. I'm like, you got all your options right here. I'm like, these same schools right here will more than likely be here at the end of the season when you win state. But if you get hurt, they're not going to be there. If you get upset, they're not going to be there. And like, remember how you came out of nowhere last year as a junior? There's somebody coming out of nowhere this year. Yeah. Okay? And you don't want them to be beating you and taking all that thunder that you took. All those guys that were nationally ranked that you came out of nowhere and beat and took their thunder, somebody's training, you know what I'm saying, and getting better and hitting puberty and hitting that growth spurt like you did, and they could possibly beat you. And I'm like, you got these people, like, wanting to sign you, giving you this, let's negotiate these deals, which I did a good job helping him do and understand how recruiting works, and we got the best possible scholarship he could get. And I think a phenomenal school that fit him perfectly. Yeah. You know, and I was I was more proud of my job helping him make that decision and get the best deal he could get than anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, dude, he had a – I mean, he had a really good guide for that process because, I yeah. mean, you've been through that process. I've been through that, yeah. Yeah, like like the thick of the process, right, because you went – to a you went to a um, a JUCO school and then you got recruited to like a, a D1 school right so it's like you went through big time of, D1 yeah a huge D1 program so like that's I mean that's you went through like the entire gauntlet of the process yeah. and, you know it's funny because I got um, you know people going hate about everything you know <laughs> not everybody can be happy so I, I come home and you know his old coach the, the old head coach didn't help him with anything. Yeah. You know. Um, so he took I, second with no help at all already. Yeah, I was talking more about uh, his recruiting right, to, right. to school. Yeah. Okay. But, no, he had people helping him. through. I helped him. You know, throughout his career, his kids club coach, his middle school coach, and the assistant coach at the high school, they all played a big part. And I said, me, I had worked with him in middle school. I had worked with him a little bit in high school. So he had people – helping him along the way. And I, I'll say, even before this year, I, I played a small role in helping him become the man that he became going into this season. Yeah. I, I know I helped him grow a lot this season. Oh, yeah. You know, mainly from a maturity level. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> um, I'm helping him with recruiting, and people are like, oh, he was already good. Those D1 schools were already recruiting him before Brooks came in. You know, and Brooks is acting like, you know, he got him – that scholarship and I was just like I didn't get him that scholarship he did no one got him that scholarship but him yeah he wrestled he put in the time the effort you know the work to be the wrestler that he was yeah you know uh how many times have you seen a kid have the potential and the ability and he just not do what he's supposed to do oh countless times you know are you taking credit for that kid not succeeding no okay but when he does what he's supposed to do and he wins now you want to say oh i did that yeah okay what about when he just decides you know what i'm gonna fuck off 
Yeah. You're going to say, oh, it ain't my fault. He decided not to do it. Oh, okay. Well, this kid decided to do all the right things. Yeah. Okay. He had good guidance and he, he did it. Now, what I was proud of for myself was, like you said, I went big time D1. Not yeah. just a regular Division One school, Big 12. Yeah. I was at a Big 12 school. I seen them recruit other guys. They recruited me. I know what big time programs say. I know what offers they put on the table. And when it all came down to it, I told Jay, I'm trying not to say his name. <laughs> I was like, look, man, every place we're going to go, they're going to tell you full ride. Okay? They're going to tell you you won't have to pay for school. And for a kid from the hood who don't have a daddy around, raised by a single mother, you know, has never been out of the hood outside of, like, going on wrestling trips, like, that's going to sound big to you. You made it. And I'm like, you're blessed because you've earned the right to be paid like a superstar. You know? Oh, shit. You know, like, you're not just a regular D1 recruit. There are a lot of guys who get D1 scholarships and four, and somewhat four rides. And then there are guys who are supposed to be national champions. Yeah. Like, this kid, by most people, they think he's going to be a top four guy in his career. You know, probably junior, senior year, he should be competing for a title. That's the kind of potential he has. Okay. Like, you're not just some guy they think is going to fill a room. He might be an All-American. No, they think you're probably going to be competing for titles. Yeah. All right? That's how good this kid can be. So, I'm like, dude, we finna negotiate. They ain't finna just tell you full ride. Because full ride means, okay, we give you this much money. Financial aid pays this much. Uh, and you don't have to come out of pocket for school. I what about personal living expenses? What about uh you wanna go out and hang out with friends? You don't have extra money. Right, and then what are you gonna do? You have you no time do? for a job already. Yeah, you don't have time for a job. Yeah, how you, you know? cover and books you can't and do all. work study. Yeah. You know? So basically, without going into great detail, every school said exactly what I said. And you should have seen his eyes blow up. Like when I when I say we would be on a plane flying to where we were going. I'd be like, hey, look, I guarantee you this coach is going to say this. He's going to say this. He's going to show you this. Yeah. I'm like, this is what this means. This is BS. This is some stuff that sounds good. And because you're a kid from the hood, they they think that's what you want to hear. But yeah. that's fluff. That's bull. So when, I, when they would say exactly, and I'm talking about sometimes word for word what <laughs> I said to him, he would just look over at me and smile. And I'd be like, just just keep, just keep. Yeah. <laughs> let, him, let him talk. Um, so... At the end of the day, I'm talking to circles. The reason why I was so proud was he went from every school giving him where he didn't have to pay for school to every school making sure he had maximum money. He got his financial aid back in his pocket. Okay? Mm. So not only are you not paying for school, okay, you're getting your financial aid back. That, to me, is a full ride. Yeah. Not only do I not pay for nothing, I'm getting paid to go to school. Yeah. So at the end of the day, yeah, I'm taking credit for that. Because if anybody else had to handle that, they would be like, oh, man, sign a dotted line. You don't have to pay for school. Yeah, man. Like, no, dude, you need money in your pocket. Dude, that guy that you gave him is so invaluable. 
Yeah. Um, I can remember just being recruited by like small schools like Linwood and shit. I could just I like I didn't have anybody to walk me through that process, and it it can be a very daunting like task to like fucking visit schools and talk to these coaches and try to figure out all these murky waters. College is already it's fucking it's 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 man, a business. It's a business to the fullest, yeah. man, and they make it complicated. Like yeah. and if you don't have <laughs> the right representative, man, like just. They know, man, it's like the car salesman. Yeah. They know when they're talking to someone who doesn't know anything. Like if a if a parent, you bring a ghetto kid and his ghetto mama and, and they just, for lack of experience and knowledge, don't know any better. Yeah. And you're showing them all this big glamorous stuff and saying big nice words and, yeah. and saying this. And the mama's like, oh, I just want my son out the hood. They finna take care of my baby. You better make sure. You got to know the right questions to ask. Yeah. Like, honestly, I'm not even going to say what school it was, but it was a big-time program. They was recruiting my kid hard, and it wasn't the head coach, but it was the the head coach's, like, recruiter. He was a black guy. I might even be uh, giving away what school it was. He didn't do his homework, and he's part of the main reason why my kid didn't go to school there. He didn't do his homework because he knew nothing about me. Okay. Now, you're bringing this kid in and his head coach is coming in. The way he talked and the things he said, if he had did any homework on me and just knew, hey, I went D1, just that I went D1, he wouldn't have been saying the stuff he was saying oh, yeah. and doing the things he was doing. And when he finally realized, <laughs> like, basically. What were some of the things he was, he was doing? He he was, um, well, one, he kept trying to get my kid separated from me. Okay. To try to get a verbal commitment. A divide from, and conquer. Yeah, yeah. Because you know if they give him a verbal commitment, like, no other schools can talk to him. I like, didn't know Because you don't have to sign. And I know that. And I, kept, and I actually told my kid. I said, watch. I said, they're going to try to pull you to the side when I'm not around, you know, and corner you and try to get you to give them a verbal commitment. And you tell them, no, you got other recruiting trips. You're enjoying yourself, but you can't do that. Dude tried to do it two or three times. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, they'd be like, oh, uh, we're finna go uh, up here and order food up here while you guys go get that and this and that. And I just look at my kid like, watch. <laughs> and then he like, I, and then they'll come back. I, I was like, he tried to get you a verbal? He's like, yeah. I was like, told you. Like, that <laughs> really happened. Yeah, like these are the tactics. These are the tactics, yeah. So, um, anyway, he was talking about stuff. Those things that I said, that are, like that BS. Mm-hmm. You know, like they sound good, and they, they make people who, who don't know any better want to go to school there. But I'm just like, that's nothing. And he kept, like, bringing up stuff. I'm just like, man, this dude thinks I'm an idiot, you know? Yeah. So then finally, the head coach, he wrestled in my era, Okay. He kept saying, man, dude, your name sounds familiar. Like, you look familiar. And I was like, I wrestled at Mizzou. And I used to see you at Midlands all the time. He's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, we stood out. You know, it's not a lot of, you know, colored people. Because he he was mixed. But, like, you know, there's not a lot of colored good wrestlers back then. You know, back you know, I say back then, that was like ten years ago now. Yeah. Like I was like, we we stood out. He's like, that's what it was. And you should have seen his assistant coach's face. 
when a light bulb hit, he was like, oh, this guy was a D1 college athlete, and I've been throwing out this BS yeah. for like a full day. He's been talking to you like you don't know anything. Like I don't know anything, and then I don't know that what he's saying is bull. Right. Like, dude, um, I saw the look on his face. He was like, and I was like, yeah, you done fucked up. Yeah. I have such an issue with like the entire college system. Uh, one, the NCAA. We should be getting paid. Like, why well, I say we, like, college yeah. athletes should be getting well, paid. Well, you were one at one point, yeah. so I can understand why you say that, right? Yeah. Because they should. College athletes should get paid. And I feel like they hold them to this ridiculous standard or, like, we're paying for our school. We're paying for school. You're getting a free education. You should be happy. And it's like, I think for some athletes, that is true. For some athletes who aren't, like, in, like, the, the revenue-generating sports, um, I mean, I feel like not being loaded up with a shit ton of debt is a really good thing. Yeah. But if you're like, I mean, these these football, football players, players, basketball, basketball players, yeah. these wrestlers at certain universities. Yeah. At, at Mizzou, I, I feel like we was making them some money, man, because we were pretty on good the university, back then. Yeah, yeah dude, Mizzou's one of them. Fucking yeah. probably like Nebraska. I, I would imagine like at Iowa or somewhere. Oh man, Iowa, Iowa State, State, Oklahoma State. Yeah, <sighs> those those schools. Wrestling is fucking. That's a big program, right? Yeah. So just depending on some of the the other programs, but. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what sports even throw out there. I mean, baseball will make some money, but if you're like a fucking volleyball player or something like that, like you're probably not bringing a lot of money in for the school. So like, it's it is probably really beneficial for those students to get like D like to get a full ride fucking scholarship to yeah, where you should be getting something. I mean, because I remember, remember the NCAA football game. Like, what what about them? Like those were big. No, they're huge. Yeah, like, they're they're still huge. People, I mean, gosh, it's a whole spectacle. Yeah, the amount of money that's getting like and the way they they there. didn't have to pay you was they just put your number on yeah. your jersey, dude. But <laughs> but then they go they they'll turn around and they'll sell that number in Walmart. Yep. And how many people are buying, buying that, that jersey? jersey yep. You know what I mean? It's like phew, we got to pay these making people. bank. Yeah, man, you got you got athletes who their full time job really is. Like, they call them student-athletes, but they're, like, athlete-students. Like, your full-time job is your sport. I mean, you're you're watching film, depending on what sport you're in, but at least you're weightlifting or you have team meetings and practices, and it never ends. Travel. And, you know, like, you, you got to get your homework done in between all that shit. And I remember travel laptop, travel tutors. We had people that would get on a travel bus with us and give us tests, and it was... It was pretty cool back then, but I feel like an all star. Yeah, I did sometimes when I was being treated right, which wasn't rare. I mean, which was rare. Yeah, how many times were you just like short on money? You know what I mean? Like you needed money for shit, and like you just couldn't get a job. Um, I was actually really good with money, so that rarely happened. Didn't, didn't but that just you. because was that something you saw though? What's that? Was that something that you saw happen with like oh, other yeah, students? Oh yeah, yeah, other guys, yeah, yeah. But, I feel like I was talking. Like when I, when you say short on money, like yeah, that happened. But when I say like I was never like hurting because I always budgeted. Like I I grew up having to manage money and live on a like tight dime my whole life. Yeah. You know, so like that, I never got into that. Okay. Stuff like that, you yeah. never started like balling out. You see some <laughs> students just no. ball out when they get to school. No. Honestly, man, tell you the truth, people don't know this dude. Uh, when I got to Mizzou. Like they gave me a lot of money. They, they, you know, they when they recruited me, they thought I was gonna be competing for a title. So, I got that deal I was telling you about. Like <laughs> I got paid, son. I got my <laughs> financial aid back, and I was sending my refund checks to my mom. Oh, for real? Because I was, I was like, okay, rooms paid for. I got free meals. 
Uh, my cell phone bill is only like 60 bucks back then. Yeah. Like 60 bucks. Uh, I got a car, but I really need to drive. Everything is in walking distance. Like, I was probably spending maybe $200 a month. Oh, man. Yeah, you're like, living. I, I wasn't buying anything. My food was free everywhere. Like Yeah, Columbia's a cheap city, too. And then too. I was an athlete, so, like, even the clubs and bars, I was getting, I was getting in free, drinking free. When I was drinking, it was like, I never spent money. Yeah. Um, so I was getting, like, $500 here and there. Like, Mama, you good? Boom, I'm sending you that, you know. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I can dig that. I mean, that's an easy town to do it in, too. I mean, Columbia's a small town. Yeah. It's not very big. Not so very it's big. like when you're uh, when you're well-known, like, you can make it happen. Like I said, you know a lot of people. Yeah. And then also it's just not expensive to live there. But here's also my other issue with colleges. Fucking, when, as soon as the government got involved and they started subsidizing all of the loans, meaning that they'll say everybody is guaranteed to get a loan for school. Because of that universities that what they did was they're like all right cool well now we know that no matter how much money this costs like the government's going to back it and pay for this so now then tuition skyrockets it far exceeds like in like uh inflation right and it, like i think the cost of school is like quadrupled since like the 70s or some shit it's like fucking crazy and then it's easy to get into these loans when you're an 18 year old kid and you don't know shit and if their parents don't know anything now you're just signing on all of this debt it's killing people. yeah so it's like you come out of school with just as an undergrad you know 30 40 50 thousand dollars worth of debt for some people and then if you get a master's degree it can be like a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt that freaking kills me like because if people don't know about that system and then you know you just it's, it's no different than, like, with the athletics. They just take these kids who don't know anything, and they're like, here, come to our school. Yeah, we'll give you money. Yeah. And so you don't have to pay interest till you're done with school. And you're dude, like, and oh, then, okay. Then the interest doesn't go away. And then you think you're going to get a great job right out of college, and that doesn't happen for everybody. 50-50 chance is what has been shown. Yeah. You need to have more trade schools. Yeah, that's actually what I tell a lot of kids. Like, I, I tell them, like, look, school isn't for everybody. Yeah. You need to go to a trade school, pick up something, and you might even be able to find like a union job like right off the bat. Making some money, Making man. Making some good money. Dude, I know I know people who like decided just to like go to barber barber school after after high school and then like killing it today. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> need their haircut. For real, man. For real, yeah. Dude, and then they you know, they just get it completely like their whole schedule just full the whole way. Just, just I mean, you think about it, if you charge let's say you charge twenty bucks a head. Good barber charge more than that though. <laughs> Double I mean, that. Yeah, I mean, the average on but, uh, Illinois is like twenty bucks. Okay, like so right twenty bucks a head. Twenty bucks a head, and you cut, let's just say minimum, twenty guys on, f- let's say Friday and Saturday. You've made a killing it's of like working. Four hundred bucks. In, in two days. Yeah. In two days. Two days, and most most barbers cut. They don't cut on Monday, so they cut Tuesday, Thursday. Friday, Saturday, and Saturday they the whole day for the most part. Yeah. Dude, that's that's good money. That's really good money. I wonder yeah. how many like if they can get what, two or three people in, in an hour maybe? I don't know how long it takes to cut a hair, cut a head. Um depending on what kind of barber you got or what they want. Yeah. About about three guys in about an hour. Yeah. See, dude, they can you can make some good money, right? Yeah. And you don't have to go to like university for that. Yeah, I wish I wish we uh, we kind of just told more kids that. See, my barber he he literally takes about twenty minutes, but my barber has been cutting my hair 
in the same shop since I was 13. Oh, shit. Yeah. So you just walk in. They know I just walk in. He knows exactly what I want. Like, I'll text him, and he'll say the truck. Like, I'll, I'll come in. He'll have people lined up. I'll walk in. I'll jump in the truck. He'll be like, who? And he'll be like, cut my hair. <laughs> and I'm out. It's the same thing. I'll be getting the same thing for years. Hey, man, that's money. That's love yeah. right there. Yep. Just to have that routine. So, you know, we've kind of alluded to your history some, but I want to, like, go over it for the listeners because pe- okay. people may not know. I know you're so humble about it, EJ. <laughs> I got you, bro. I got you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's let's go back to the beginning some. I mean, you, I mean you've been an athlete your whole life. Um, so talk me back, like, you know, what was your introduction to, you know, athletics? I know, like, you, you, uh-huh. soccer and, and wrestling, and but what is all that? Uh, well, see, first sport. Actually, my first sport was soccer. Second grade, uh, I had a buddy. He was on a soccer team, uh, and I was faster than him. He's like, "Dude, you should play for our team." I was like, "Okay." So he brought me to practice, and the coach was like, "I'll pay for this season," because I was like faster than everybody. Okay. So I played one year, and then I didn't play again until high school. Uh, sixth grade, I played elementary basketball. Seventh grade, eighth grade, basketball, ran track in middle school also. And then my freshman year, um, I got introduced to wrestling. Yeah. Best thing ever happened. Never wrestled a day before. Ne- just never. As a freshman. As a freshman. Dude, that's game changing. That's whenever I started wrestling too as a yeah. freshman. But uh, you had a much more successful career than I did. I had great coaches. I was blessed to have had the coaches that I walked in on. Yeah, why do you yeah. say that? Because they were great. Yeah. I mean, um, the head coach, who was like a dad to me, uh, I think he was an Olympic alternate in high school for judo. Oh, nice. He uh, wrestled at Mizzou. He was ranked number one in the nation at one time. I think he took fourth. Uh, he placed twice, big eight champ, uh, state champion. I think he won four Fargo titles. Like, the dude... Was, is just an encyclopedia for wrestling. Yeah. He's forgotten more wrestling than I know. That That's how much wrestling he knows. He was a great teacher. Um, and then I had this other guy. Uh, he was an alumni from my school. He took second in high school. Then he went, took second in junior college, transferred to uh, SIUE, and he won a D2 title. Oh, nice. And then his first year out of college, he was coaching at my high school. Like, they actually both came at the same time. My freshman year was their first year coaching. And that's who I walked into. Oh. Like, I couldn't have been learning from two better people. Like this white guy who, not that race has anything to do with it, who is just a god as far as knowledge goes with wrestling and a great teacher. And then this other guy, which I think is really important, who was from my hood, who was a black athlete who started learning wrestling as a freshman coming back to teach kids like him. Yeah. So, like, I could relate to both of them. And, like, things that this other guy couldn't teach me, this guy could. Yeah. You know, and stuff that he didn't know about, this guy did. And it was just, like... It's perfect balance. It, it was, man, it was great. Was that an influence on you coming back and, and doing what you did? Always. Like, I, I keep telling people, I'm living my dream right now. Yeah. Like, I'm happy as a mug, man. And when I graduated high school, 2004... I said I was coming back to teach and coach at my hometown high school. That's my dream, to build a dynasty, to help these kids get out the way that I did and show them all the options that we got out there 
and show them that you can do it. Because in my school, you know, if if you're not a track star, football player, basketball player, a star in one of those sports, it's always like you can't make it. Yeah. You know, and then they saw me do it. You know, and I'm just like, look, man, you can do it this way. Yeah, I'm dropping people on their head and doing it. Yeah, on TV and looking good doing it, yeah. you know, making good money. You know, it took me to college, big-time university, you know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, basically, when I got that job, I was just like, you know, this is yeah heaven, you know. Yeah, I can dig that for sure, and it, and I can see now it makes sense, having heard, you know, about this other coach who had, who had did that. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, I mean, that's like a that's like a good guy to, like, role model after. It's like, oh, shit, man, he's doing that. I want to walk that path, too. Like that totally makes sense. Yeah. So as a so through your high school, you were uh, <clears throat> did you win state? No, I took third. Third in state. Yeah. Um, your senior year. Yeah. And then you went JUCO. Mhm. Yeah. And then the guy that beat me at state, I beat him in junior college at nationals first round. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's that sweet revenge. Oh, it was beautiful. Man, you, I'm sure you do, but do you obsess over losses? Like when you lose, you're like, man, fuck. Like. Uh, I still I still think about losses that I had. Like it's stupid shit, but it's like, man, damn. The big ones. Yeah, I've had, I've had some big ones. Um, I'm trying to think of ones. It's like basically, if if you beat me, and we never had a chance to run it back, God, there's this one guy. <sighs> Not even gonna say what town he's from, but we know a lot of the same people. Yeah. Now, remember, I started wrestling as a freshman. Mm-hmm. My sophomore year, I like, I got good fast. Yeah. My sophomore year was a year I really started to be good, but I wasn't great yet, okay? Like, I was coming into being good. Yeah. Like, the year before, I was just learning the sport. Yeah. So, my new. sophomore year was the year that I was starting to pick up on things, and I was starting to hang with good guys, but I wasn't able to beat them yet. Yeah. Were you varsity the whole time? The whole time. Yeah, I was varsity as a freshman. I made varsity uh, – mid-season and that was epic the way i did it the way i challenged his upperclassmen and the whole team was like ooh, and i barely beat him but i beat him and he was like yeah bro. he's ready to fight did you wrestle off in the practice room yeah everybody's watching yeah Cause, uh, <laughs> they, i got so many stories the uh the coach was like uh he's calling out the line he's like you're going 106 you're no 103 you're going 112 and i was wrestling 130 at the time i was on jv and that black coach uh he was like man yeah you something something. I was like nineteen and three on JV, and I had won like two tournaments already on JV and freshman. He's like, yeah, you killing it on freshman, but that shit. Oh, he was like, you ain't shit till you on varsity. You ain't even had a varsity match yet. It's other freshmen in the lineup. How you gonna be the best freshman? You ain't even on varsity. And I was like, damn, he right. <laughs> so then, coach got to my weight class. He told his junior, he was like, you going one thirty, and I was like. No, he not. Whole team was like, ooh. <laughs> you ooh, Brooks talking shit. <laughs> ooh, little freshy over there. And then, like, dude looked back was like, okay. So, Waylon, uh, my high school coach, he was like, we got a challenge, man? I was like, yep. And I beat him. And they were like, oh, you lost your little freshman? Then I was watching for the rest of the year. Okay. What did that dude do? Did you, like, change uh, weight classes? Or just ride out JV? He just rode out JV. Uh, then he didn't wrestle the next year. Of course not. Yeah. Uh, so back to the yeah, story the I was telling, yeah. the loss. So this guy, he was pretty good. He was a turn to state qualifier. I was beating him, okay? And I was beating him in the regional finals. 
in his hometown. I wasn't supposed to be beating him. This guy's a return state qualifier. Yeah. Uh, this black kid is from the ghetto school. He's not supposed to be this good. We think he just started wrestling last year. Why is he beating this guy? Crowd gets into it. The ref starts hitting me for stuff, you know, and I'm just like, all right. So basically, I get forced into a situation where I have to do more, which I hate. I hate the way wrestling is sometimes. Like, if I'm winning and the match is, like, ending, I shouldn't have to be putting myself in. Because, you know, every time you attack, you're exposing yourself. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm like, I've attacked and dominated this match for, let's say, five minutes. It's a six minutes of match. Okay. Now I have a lead that I really need to protect. Yeah. He has to come after me. And as long as I'm not turning around and running, I don't think I'm stalling. Yeah. Why aren't you able to just like steadily defend? Steadily defend. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, as can't. long as you're not like completely backing up, which I was never doing. So, anyway, boom, I get hit for stalling. Mm. And my coach is like, you have to shoot or he, he gonna, you get hit again because I'm only up by one. And. I shot. We got into a scramble. He took me down. He won. Okay. And I was just like, man. So, you know, this was my sophomore year. My junior year, um, because of progression, it's like Goku going into the hyperbolic chamber. I come out like this is the year I go to state for the first time. But before, you know, like we get there, like I'm just I'm running through everybody. Yeah. And unfortunately, they got off our schedule mm. because – I should have started to do it on a duel, and I should have saw him at a tournament. And that year, my junior, they got out of the duel. That team didn't duel us, and they got out of the one tournament they were in with us. And I was just like, dude. Man. You know, so we get to (laughs) sectionals, bro. We get to sectionals. I'm in the finals. Now, here's the thing. I had beat the number two ranked dude in the state at my regional. Okay? Okay. Not the area. The region. Not the, the state. Oh, the state. I'm saying, like, the dude that I beat in the finals or regionals was the number two ranked dude in the state. Okay, I got you. So, like, I'm the man right now. Dude, this guy is in triple overtime, and I'm just waiting because he's in the semis. He wins this match. He sees me in the finals, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's – because the guy that, uh, that I beat at regionals was wrestling him, and I think he was hurt. And he, he wasn't wrestling well or whatever. And I was like, all you got to do is get away from this guy. And that's that ass in the finals. He didn't get away. Oh, shit. So then he went, took third, and I wrestled the other guy in the finals. And I'm sitting here like, I'm never going to wrestle that guy. Yeah, but you still kind of beat him, though. Kind of. No, I didn't because we didn't <laughs> wrestle. And, but, and the reason I'm bringing this up is, is to this day, to this day, the mutual friends we have will be like, he beat you in high school. I mean, you did great and all, but he beat you in high school. Oh, I hate when people do that And shit, I'm like, man. and then I'll have kids, because he's a teacher. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And they'll be like, hey, Mr. Such and Such said he beat you in high school. I'm like, dude, I'm about to choke Mr. Such and Such. You just you never had that chance to redeem yourself. Yeah. And and now, like, we, I can't even call him out and be like, hey, man, meet me in the restroom room, just for <laughs> old time's sake. Because he's, like, half my size. He never grew. Oh, you know, like, be fair. Yeah, he's, like, 5'6", 140, flabby. And he's telling people he beat me, and I can't even argue. <laughs> 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 I 
dude. I'm like, oh. I'm like, a year later, I would have killed you. Dude. Yeah, dude, that's like, so funny. Oh, man, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> this literally, I just, I literally just had a kid ask me about it last week. Oh, for real? Last week. Last week. Shit, you better go choke Mr. Such and Such out real quick. Man, I Drop swear I want head. to, man. Oh. That's hilarious, dude. Yeah. You know, these are the things that happen. You know, when you're an athlete, you just obsess over shit sometimes. Yeah. And opponents, some people just, I think you're not a good athlete if you don't obsess about things. Because yeah. you don't care, you won't, you know, you won't put in the work, you won't compete the way you need to. Right. Or maybe even, I can just extend that to like, you're a high performer. You know what I mean? Whatever the field is. Like, yeah. if you're the best at what you do or you strive to be the best at what you're doing, then you fucking just obsess over things. Yeah. So you uh you placed as a senior and then um so when you went JUCO, was that was that a full ride for that for that Oh yeah. Did you go for one year or two? Two. I went two. Okay. I redshirted my sophomore year after I won it. Okay. and then you won a national championship there, right? Yeah, my freshman year. Yeah. Then I redshirted, so I stayed there. Okay. I got which school is that? Lincoln College. Lincoln College. Lincoln, Illinois. Yeah. Um, why did you go that route? Uh, well, because I started as a freshman. Um, I wasn't achieving accolades that would have equated to a D1 scholarship right out of school. Okay. Now, if I had it one state, the thing was, the guy that beat me my senior year in the semis, he was number one in the nation. Oh, like, really? He beat me at state, and then he won senior nationals, okay? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, in the year before that, I had a guy named Mike Poeta, who was number one in the nation as a junior. He beat me at state. So, like, my junior senior year, when I'm good, like, really good. You're losing to the best. I'm losing to the best in the country. Yeah. Not, like, Illinois, like, I'm from Illinois, is one of the top five states every year yeah. in the country. It's always Illinois, Pennsylvania, Iowa, Ohio, uh, and then some random fifth state to jump in there. Uh, and in no particular order. Like, it could be PA, uh, number one, Iowa, number two. Illinois could be number four. It just... They rotate, but if you're from one of those states, man, and you're a place winner, you're pretty good at wrestling. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, my junior senior year, I got the number one dude in the nation, uh, <sighs> keeping me from that's a tough draw winning the title. You know. Uh, so yeah, I placed my senior year, uh, and that got me a scholarship. Like I had offers to go to D two, and the reason right. why I went uh, junior college is because I knew. That the only way I was going to be able to go D1, which I knew I was good enough for, I was going to have to earn it by going to junior college and doing something there, which is what I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense because, I mean, yeah. I figured you probably had, like, D2 scholarships yeah. or something or yeah. even NAI scholarships. NAI, D2, uh, D3. And then the school I went to, I went there in particular because, one, it was two hours away from home, like, far away to not be close to home, but also – Close to home. Yeah, close enough. It's yeah. nothing to drive back home. Um, funny story about that school. At that time, including the black coach that I had, because he went there first. Remember I told you he went JUCO first, then he went D2 and won a title? Yeah. He took second in junior college his freshman year, then transferred to SIUE. He was the last one to go before me. The coach came and told me. This was his opening, like, selling point. He said, every kid from my high school, which was like five guys before me, were in the finals their first year there. It's <laughs> a good selling point. Yeah, he was like, you guys are a gold mine. He was like, I know you guys started freshmen. 
Like he said, if if you start as a freshman in Illinois and you end up placing, you're a diamond in the rough. Mm. You know, because you're going against guys who've wrestled their whole life. Yeah. And you got four years to catch up and you get on that podium with them. They know, like he knows there's something special about you. And he saw who I lost to. Yeah. So he was like, if these guys don't know, I know. Yeah. And I was like, this guy thinks I'm going to be in the finals. I was like, and then the guy, the guy that beat me at state, even though he won't see nationals, he's recruited by D1 schools. He didn't have the grades. So guess where he had to go? He went to the same school? He went Juco. Yeah. But he went to a school in Iowa. Oh, okay. So uh, now I'm talking about my title, which was, it was so great because there's 10 weight classes in college. So there were 10 number ones. We were voted, our weight class was voted the toughest weight class. It was deep. It was deep. Our weight class was so deep. What weight class were you at that time? I was at 149. Okay. Um, going into nationals, I was ranked number seven. At one point in time, I was number three. Oh, shit. That's like, literally, it was like from three down to ten could have been anybody. Like I said, first preseason rankings because I had upset some guys. I was number three mm-hmm. behind the dude who beat me at state. He was number two. And this dude who was number one, he was 27 years old, by the way. Mm. He was a three-time national champion in Poland. Oh, that changes things, too. Yeah. Like, he's like a grown man. He was a grown man. Yeah. Dude, so he was ranked number one. He was a turned All-American. I think he had took fourth the year before. Um, he was number one. This guy was number two. I was number three. This first preseason uh, first uh, season rank, because they weren't preseason rank. And then by the end of the year, because of tournaments – Going into nationals, I was ranked number seven. And I was just like, all right. Um, the um, the guy that beat me at state, he was in the same conference as the number one guy. Because that guy had, was at an Iowa school. Mm. And he lost to him. So that guy was a regional champion or a conference champion, which meant he had to win a match and then feed into somebody who won their conference, which was me. <laughs> I won my conference, and my first round match was the guy who beat me at state and won high school nationals. Great story, dude. You probably were amped for that, dude. You don't even know. Um, <laughs> so um, the brackets come out the week before nationals, mm-hmm. and we're on campus, and uh, our coach sends us a group text, and he's like, "I'm in the dining hall with the brackets. Get over here." So we all, like, heading over there after class. I'm walking in, and half my team was already in there. And they they just got this look. They're all ecstatic. They're like, oh, shit, bro. They run up to me. They're like, you got such and such first round. And I'm like, all right. It's all nonchalant. Like, nobody gave a shit about their own bracket. Like, my whole team qualified. We qualified 10 guys. My whole, nobody gave about their bracket. Everybody cared about mine. And I was like, all right. I get to the table. My coach hands me my bracket, and he looks at me. I just set it down on the table, and I go get my food, and I eat. Just recently, like a year or two ago, he told me, like I said, I went to the Nationals, ranked number seven. He said he knew then I was going to win Nationals. And I was like, why? He said, when I handed you your bracket, I wanted to see your reaction to you knowing who you had first round. And I truly saw that you didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Another day in the office. Yeah. Because I thought I was better than that guy. Like, I had seen him. Like, during that year, like I said, that progression, you know, like I would progress really fast. I was in a tough room Mm -hmm. with, like, the dude above me was ranked number one at 57. 
you know, the dude above him was ranked number three. I seventy four pounds ranked number one. Mm. You know, like I was I was ranked number seven on my team and I wasn't even like eighth best guy on our starting lineup. Dude, you guys were like twenty five was ranked fourth, thirty three was ranked fourth, I forty one wasn't ranked uh, I was the 49, I was 7th, I 57 was 1, I 65 was 3rd, I 74 was 1, I 84 wasn't ranked, I 97 was 3, and I heavyweight was 4. Dude, that's a deep room. Dude. Yeah, it's a deep room, yeah. A lot of good athletes go that route, man. They go yeah. to like, just to, I don't know, just that, that in-between year between going D1. Yeah, I mean, and it's a good test, you know. Sometimes you don't know if you want to wrestle in college. So why not go to a two-year school, give it a year. You don't want to come back for the second one, no harm, no foul. Give it two years, you end up with your associates, and you're like, okay, do I want to transfer and keep doing this, or am I done? Yeah. You know, and uh, and I tell a lot of kids you can do that. You either go to trade school or go to JUCO because you're on the fence about it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck, dude, so you beat that dude. So I beat him. Oh, it was he was so cocky, dude. He I could just see it. I saw him at Wayans and he just thought he was gonna run through me because he, he beat me pretty handily in, in high school. Uh and then just basically I dominated him. Dominated him, dude. Beat him and then I just smoked my way. Like me and him, we had a good match, but I was like dominating him. Yeah. But then like the next couple guys, like I smoked him. Made it to the finals. And then I had that number one guy. And, like, I, I kind of thought that I wasn't the better wrestler, even though I won. But when I look back on it, I think I was. Yeah. You know, I was kind of trying to be humble about it. Like, I was the worst matchup for him. He wasn't good on bottom uh, because he was European. Yeah. Like, he was used to freestyle. Like, like, if you were good on top, he couldn't get away from you if you were good on top. Now, if you weren't good on top, he he could get away from you. Now, uh, when I say I was going on top, like I wasn't a leg rider. I was a cross wrist guy, a spiral ride. You didn't get away from me. You know, like I remember in high school, some coaches from other programs in the area would be like, I remember it was a compliment. They said, you're the most college ready guy in our area. The way you wrestle is the way they wrestle in college. Nobody's running takedown clinics. They're taking people down, not giving up takedowns. They're riding people out, you know, returning them when they get up to their feet. And that's what I did. Like, when I got on top of you, I didn't always turn you. I rarely turned anybody, but I yeah. was working. And if you got to your feet, I dropped you on your head. You didn't stand up again. Yeah. You know, you, you'd roll. I'd roll with you. And then I just rolled you out for two minutes. And I'm going to get down to you. not going to ride me out. Yeah. Dude, that's a big separation between yeah. high school and, and college wrestling is, like, the um, the level of, like, pressure and intensity when people are riding. Yeah. Like it used, And it's like, th- that's the difference between Missouri and Illinois. That, I'm telling you right now, that is the biggest difference. What is the the mat wrestling okay in Illinois oh they let you ride you know like you it's you're on top even if you're not turning somebody you had to earn your way up in Missouri if you riding and you ain't turning boop we want you on your feet they want it exciting yeah they do do that yeah like in Missouri it's it's all takedowns they they gotta keep because that's what's interesting yeah you know like nobody unless you're a true wrestling fan they want to see nobody just on the mat getting grinded out yeah nobody really scoring. Yeah, I used to throw on legs and just turn people. I can see that. <laughs> I was a sick leg rider. Yeah, Not so many people did it in the, the big weight classes. Oh, yeah, then you were killing people. Then. Yeah. So what made you go to Mizzou then? So you won, you won nationals, man, and, and I'm sure you're probably getting pretty heavily recruited. Like, yeah. What made um, you go that route? 
my high school coach, uh, the white guy, he went there. Told you all American there, won conference titles. Uh, my mom was a big factor. She is only two hours away as well. Yeah. She went two hours the other direction. Yeah, two hours the other direction. She wanted to be able to come see me. Um, she always wanted to go there, but she had a kid in she had a kid in middle school, which was me. So she was like, "Oh, it was always my dream to go away to school there, and I had a scholarship to go there, but I didn't want to leave you uh, because her foster mother offered to watch me while my mom went to school. Okay. And my mom didn't want to do that. Um, so my high school coach went there. He wanted me to go. My mom always wanted to go there, so she was like, "I live through you." So I went there. Mm. Turned down some good schools like Nebraska, Michigan State, yeah. Iowa. Like Iowa was recruiting me and everything. Yeah, dude. But I mean, you went to a you went to a room full of killers. I mean, while you were there, I mean, Askren was there. Yeah, a lot of big names. Both Askren brothers were there. Mm. I mean, obviously. Ty- yeah, and Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley was a big factor for me one or two. Yeah, I was a fan of his. Yeah, I mean, obviously Tyron, and then I mean. I don't know if I should say you're not his biggest fan. But <laughs> <laughs> but you can say his name. But, but, I mean, Chandler was there yeah, as Chandler well. I mean, and he's, I mean, he's obviously killing it with what he's doing now. So, I mean, just a lot of big names in that, that a lot of people would recognize in that room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even get mad. When people, when people bring him up, they're like, man, you hate that guy? I'm like, nah, not really. Yeah, I mean, I, I would figure at this point <laughs> yeah. in the game, it just is what it is. Yeah. I'm happy with my life. Hope he's happy with his. Yeah, you guys had some, uh, some. You guys kind of butted heads a few times. In Man, the room, literally, he was a head butter. Yeah, <laughs> he was. <laughs> what was it like being on that team, though? I mean, uh, a lot of good guys. You guys went all over the country at you know a lot of good competition. To be honest, man, like it wasn't that great. No, you know when I first, you know, some people might not like this opinion. When I first got there, it wasn't black friendly on that wrestling team. Oh. It's it's way different now. Yeah. But like when I got there Here's the thing. I knew I was gonna have a problem. My girlfriend at the time, I got back with this girl over the summer, uh, from my home area. She was from a country white town, all right. She was a white girl. Okay. Um she went up there, was in a sorority. She had money, okay. So um, she picked me up from my dorm, and was we went to lunch. And I was like, all right, I got to get to practice. So uh, school hasn't started yet. We're like in that couple weeks. They got rush week and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I'm driving her car because I know where the stadium's at. I'm not going to be directing you where I need to go. So I'm driving her car, and she used to be a cheerleader. So she's got that cheerleader body. She got on booty shorts, nice T-shirt. She yeah. was a good-looking girl. She's fit. Yeah. We pull up to the stadium, and I see some of my teammates walking in. She's got to get out the car. I got to get out the car so she can go to the driver's seat. She gets out. I walk around the car. And, like, as she's walking towards me, I can see some of my teammates in the distance looking like, damn. You know, so I grab her, give her a kiss, and then leave. I get to the door and like two of them are waiting on me. They're like, dude, is that your girlfriend? And I was like, yeah. They're like, no shit. And I was like, yeah. And then like they like run, they sprint to the locker room. I'm walking still. And I'm like, she's cute. She ain't that hot. 
You know, like <laughs> they act like she's like a ten or a supermodel. She was like an eight, she's a maximum seven model. and a half. You know, like I was doing all right. You know, so uh, I get to the locker room. Nobody's in there. Like I guess I'm running late. I get upstairs, and Ben Askren goes. I heard you got a white girlfriend and she's not fat. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Why? I, I said, what? Why would he say? <laughs> Dude, he was dead serious. Just dead ass serious. He was like, I thought black guys only dated fat white girls. And he wasn't even trying to be offensive. That's what I'm saying. Like, he was really that just ignorant. Being, just being genuine. Like, that that's what these guys thought of black guys who dated white girls. That every white girl that dated a black guy was either dirty and trashy or she was fat and ugly. Yeah. So when they found out that I had one who wasn't, you know, you, you know, you shifted their paradigm. Dude, and <clears throat> honestly, man, like they didn't like it. Like that whole school year, like, because me and her broke up like a couple months later. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was hooking up with some of the, like, I mean, I was hooking up with black girls too. So I don't just think I was like hooking up with only white girls, but. When it was a white girl and she was attractive, like one of the hot soccer players or something, yeah, it was an issue. Huh. Issue. Like, I remember two girls, uh, I was in one of the dining halls, like late, later in the school year, just came out of nowhere. They're like, you know, EJ, you're really not that bad of a guy. And I'm like, whoever said I was? Like, well, to be honest, you know, like we always wanted to hang out with you. And she wanted to go with you, but your teammates told us that if we touched you, we were dirty. For real? Yeah. Man. Dude. People are weird, man. Yeah, like, I was like, man. So, and and that's just, so I'm just saying, like, that was a problem just from, like, the dating perspective. Then, it was like, culturally, they they would say stuff like, oh, we're having this party. It's going to be this much money. How much money do you have? And I'm like, well... I just gave my refund check to my mom. It's like, why would you do that? You don't have to do that. Your mom should be giving you money. And I'm like, I'm not in that situation, dude. It's different. It's yeah. different. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm happy to give my mom money. I don't need to go to this party. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, you don't understand it. You know, like, they just didn't understand me. They didn't want to relate. And I would say the biggest problem I had when I was at Mizzou was conforming. You yeah. know? Black guys played a certain role. Didn't date white girls. You know, uh, you acted what they thought black guys should act like. Oh, you should have cornrows. You should be able to rap. You should be able to dance. You know, like, <laughs> get out of my face with that stereotypical bullshit, bro. Yeah. And, like I said, the biggest thing as far as conforming goes was when you knew coach favored somebody, in your weight, you bowed down. You didn't challenge that guy. And I'm like, I didn't come here to ride a bench. Yeah. They recruited me to win titles. I can't win titles unless I'm the guy. Right. And the only way you can be the guy is if you challenge for that spot and win. And that's what I did Yeah. every time. So we had guys who were just happy to be able to say, you know what, girl, I'm a Mizzou wrecker wrestler google me like literally i saw that in the bar my teammates go look look me up i'm on the roster and they're like oh my god you're a wrestler i'm like dude like you were just happy with being from west virginia 
all we out here in Mizzou, picking up chicks, let them know you're an athlete. And it works. Yeah. You don't you have no aspiration of being an all American, a champion. You just want to be on the roster. Yeah. So when we win a team title, you can say, Hey, I was on that team that took third and this and that. But you really weren't. Unless you were the way I look at it, unless you were in nationals placing or scoring team points, you weren't on that team that won those titles. Yeah. You were on the roster. But you weren't on that team. Yeah, a lot of people like to um, identify with something larger than themselves. And yeah. You see it all the time. They'll say, they'll talk about the Cardinals. You probably do it. We. You say we when you yeah, talk I about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we. We. I was in the stands. I was at the game. <laughs> we champions, baby. We, we champions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> people love that yeah. shit, though, man. We came back. Yeah. We came back. Game seven. <laughs> I synced it. I um, bought him a shot of pepper. We were at Pepper Lounge. I bought him a drink. Oh man, yeah, you're you're hanging with the crew then. Actually, I really was. I didn't buy him a drink though. Uh, David Freeze came in the freaking Pepper Lounge one night. Uh, it was shortly after they won the World Series. He had a baseball hat and he pulled his hat down. He's walking by me. I said, "Yeah, Dave, you don't look like David Freeze with a baseball hat on." <laughs> he just started rolling. Dude. He started rolling. That's funny. I was like, like, come on, man. That's the worst fucking like disguise. Yeah, bro. Oh, dude. Uh, Man, you So basically, yeah. my bad, just finishing that point. Yeah, keep going. The fact that I kept beating Chandler, you know, and fighting the powers that be to be the man and then, lo- like, lay down and serve my role as, like, a glorified backup. Yeah. You know, like, there were guys on the team who didn't like that. They resented that. Like, you know, why don't you just, like, just be happy with being on a team and stop challenging? I'm like, Why? Yeah, just I know I'm good enough are. to be an All-American at least, and I got to sit back and watch this guy get, because he didn't earn it, you know, because he didn't beat me. You know what I'm saying? I, I, get, I have to watch him get the opportunity to place. That sucks. And he's losing the guys that I beat? Yeah. Like, dude, like, the dude who wanted my senior year, I had beat the season before. Mm. And I had to sit here and watch guys that I beat All-American and then watch this guy win a national title D1. And I could never say that I was a D1 All-American. Oh, I thought you were. No. Damn. Yeah, that's frustrating. As hell. Yeah, man. A lot of people work a long t- a right. lifetime for Now, you want to talk about stuff you obsess about. I obsessed about that for years. I feel like I just recently got over you, that you just a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it took about 10 years for that to kind of like. Yeah. yeah. Do you think some of that shit that you're facing was just the fact like in the area that you're in, like you're in the Midwest, you're in Missouri, as opposed to like if you would have went to. I mean, I can't really think of any big, like, D1 schools. I'm I had to be like, somewhere out in California yeah, or something, man. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, like, California, yeah. but. I mean. and, the, and the time period now, you know, everything, like, homosexuality is big. You know, everything's so acceptable now. It's a little bit different. Yeah, sure. you know, like like I said, the, the team now is different. Yeah. You know, it's black-friendly now. Back then when I was on the team, you played a role. You, well, know? you got studs like Jaden Cox, you know, shining yeah. a light on your program. I mm-hmm. hope Yeah. <laughs> I'd hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's he's a good kid. He is a good kid, dude. Yeah. I used to watch him in uh in kids club. He like the same yeah. age as my little brother. I can just remember him in kids club and in high school and just teching fools like he was nothing. I'm like, that's a grown man like dude, going with huge. little boys. Yeah. <laughs> and his whole family is just sick ass wrestlers. Yeah, his brother Dre was pretty good. Lennonwood. Yeah, no, Dre. I wrestled his older brother Zach Arnold in high school. Oh, I didn't know they had another brother. Yeah, dude. Their whole family wrestles. They even have, like, an older uncle and whatnot. But, yeah, he's a, his last name's Arnold as opposed to Cox. 
Um, he was a senior whenever I was a junior. I never beat him, though. We wrestled, like, two or three times. He'd always beat me by, like, one. It was always, like, two to three, one to two, like, those matches. <laughs> those the ones that suck. Dude, those frustrate the fuck out of you, bro, because you're, like, wrestling your ass off, and, like, you're just fighting for a takedown, and you're fighting for a, an escape or just something. It's like he always, They always get that one point. Like, you, like, he took you down one time, or he got you hit for star this one time, or... He turns you this one time. It's never even always the same way he beat you. And yeah. Yeah. It's never like this domination yeah. thing. It's just like, boom, he got that edge and he held it. Yep. Mm. Those are the things that make you better. All right, dude. So what's uh what's next for you? Uh, I know we, we've covered a lot. We could probably keep fucking talking, but I want to be respectful of your uh, time. No, that's all good. Um, right now, I just finished my off-season wrestling schedule. Right. So I got tournaments in april june and july three three events for my kids and then basically i just got in the gym i just started training kind of like two weeks ago yeah so hopefully fighting in april or may like we literally working on it right now yeah so. training is probably a lot different nowadays right because i mean you know how to fight yeah you've done that a fucking ton it's basically getting in shape yeah like for me it's literally just getting in shape and yeah i mean i'm not really trying to learn new things it's yeah there's you know, no point yeah yeah are you um are you gonna fight at 70 or you're gonna you know do like a catch weight at 65 or <laughs> man i wish they would make a 65 because man I, I, I don't know if i can ever make 55 yeah, again, i don't dude. think 55 is in your, in your yeah dude i'm so thick man it. i'm yeah. so thick and on, I'm too short. Well, and you're older, dude. What, you're 32 now? 33. 33 now. I'll be 34 in November. Dude, fuck, yeah. I'll be 32 in, in December. So, like, the cutting weight is not the same. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's harder. Yeah. It, it's just it's pointless, man. I'm kind of fighting for fun. Yeah. You know, like, you want to pay. Like, right now I'm an organization. You want to pay me good money to fly all over the world, which I always wanted to do. You know, and fight competition that's good but not good enough to beat me. I'm good with that. Yeah. You know, then I ain't got to cut that much weight because I'm cutting to 70. I'm like. And you're enjoying it. I'm enjoying it, yeah. Checking out cool-ass places, getting paychecks. Yeah. That's all positive, man. Yeah. Yeah, so is is the goal to even, like, try to get signed by the UFC anymore or you're kind of like not a really, man. at this point? It's, it's just like, I'm, 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 I just got engaged. I'm going to get married in August. I'm kind of like transitioning. I'm like, I got my dream job, head coach, about to start my family. I think I got like two years left. Yeah. You know, I'm on a big winning streak right now. They haven't came calling. If I keep winning, they don't call. It's just like. Yeah. You've done a lot in the I've sport. I've done a lot, yeah. Dude, you've done a lot in the sport. I mean, in the early days of Bellator, you yeah. were fucking racking off wins. Yeah, that's whenever they still had the, the tournament. Yeah. And I know that just kind of just fell through with, with, you know, the deal that was going on. Yeah. But, uh, dude, you even stuck through it. You had a, a fucking losing streak there for a Man, second. Like, that sucked. <laughs> that sucked so dude, bad. Dude, most people would not have stuck that shit out. Man. And it was heartbreaking because at least two of those fights during that losing streak, I legitimately got screwed. Yeah. And that it was just so hard. It was like... Man, I, I I can't win. And then you look at the fight, and everybody's like, "Oh, dude, you got effed." And then I go watch it, and I'm just like, "I got effed so bad right yeah. there." Like how, you know, dude? Yeah, that's frustrating. But you stuck it out, right? And then you racked off what, like six wins in a row now? It's five. Five in a row. Yeah. About to be six in a row. About like, dude, that's 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 a huge testament yeah. to just like your will. Yeah. If I can end it strong, you know, like end it. 
you know, winning eight of my last ten or just winning my last eight, you yeah. know. Because if I win three more fights, honestly, man, I'm really going to reevaluate, like, why am I still doing this? Yeah, Dude, you know what I would like to see you get into is uh, PFL. PFL? It's, I mean, it's pretty new. They just had... Uh, yeah, I know. I'm actually, right now... Uh, million dollars, Really, bro. I really want to get into Risen. Oh, yeah? Because in Asia. That's the only place I ain't fall yet. Yeah, that'd like, be that's, cool. That'd be dope. Yeah, I mean, you you're going to have to fight some people on steroids, but... I'm fighting people on steroids now. That's true. ACA. The last two guys. You I, you see? Did you see last two guys? <laughs> yes, I was like, dude. Oh, fuck. Dude, <laughs> the, the Australian dude, he was roided out. Uh... The Russian dude. Oh, you. He was. Oh, you know, bro. He was in a sauna with me, <laughs> shredded. You, you seen the new Creed? I haven't seen it yet. That's who I fought. <laughs> they actually look alike. He bro. he's like the smaller version of that guy. No, he's like a that's exa- Junior. He was, he was in a sauna right across from me, and I'm just checking the dude out. No homo, and I'm like. Look at this dude. There's no way he's not on steroids. He he had muscles on his muscles. <laughs> yeah, his pecs had pecs. Oh man, then I beat that ass. Yeah, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, he just kept yeah, he dropped man, that was a good fight. I did yeah. watch that one. Shit, man. Well, you're on a hell of a journey, dude. Yeah. You're on a hell bless, of a journey, bless. yeah. But I just uh, I know I saw that PFL, I think like a million dollar check would be really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, is. I'm down for whatever, to be honest. Yeah. If you're going to pay me and put me on TV, I'm going to take it. It's all bonus at this yeah, point. All, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Just adding on to my career. Basically, if I could say I did everything but the UFC, I've had a better career than most people that get in this. Oh, for sure. Yeah, already. You know, yeah. I think I can retire right now, and 90% of people who get in this sport will not have a better career than me. Yeah. Did you also fight on Strike Force when they were around? Mm, no. Almost. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, literally... <clears throat> I almost got two undercard fights. One fell through, and then the other one was it was either sign with Bellator or take this one fight deal with Strike Force, and that was a no brainer. I was like, I'm signing with Bellator. Yeah, 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 yeah. It kind of, I mean, in hindsight, it might have been cool to take that one fight just so you could say like you fought on that promotion, like knowing yeah. that they're not there yeah. anymore. But I mean, Bellator is a good move too. Yeah. Shit. All right, brother. So um, I'm going to turn over the floor to you. If there's, like, anything that you wanted to, uh, like, plug or direct people to, sp- sponsors, your socials, whatever. It's up to you. Uh, <coughs> um, social handles, uh, eJizzle149. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't even want to get it. They would call me eJizzle since, like, grade school. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Pretty boy EJ Brooks MMA is my Facebook uh, fan page. Uh, Cahokia Wrestling, my uh, wrestling fan page. Follow my guys. Uh, St. Charles MMA. Poster Boy uh, Fighters is my management company. Uh, uh, Plug my parents, you know. Yeah. My fiance, you know, my support system, my best friends, you know, my team, everybody, you know. Right on. That's why they about the top of my head, man. I can dig it. All yeah. right. All right, man. Hey, look, I really appreciate you. I appreciate down, you having brother. me, man. Yeah. Everybody, until next time. <laughs> <laughs>